Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. What's up? It's the Chief. This is another episode of the Backdoor Cut, which is part of the Barnburner Podcast Network. I'm about to kick it with Slim and Bro. We're about to talk some NBA stuff, some Grizz stuff, some stuff that's been going on over the summer, signings, free agency signings, trades, a lot going on as the Grizz shape their roster for the upcoming season. And we'll discuss those in detail and, and, and bring you up to date. But first, got to shout out the Barnburner's newest sponsor. It is Blue Note Bourbon Memphis. If you're thirsty and you're craving an adult beverage, check out Blue Note Bourbon. It is artfully crafted in Memphis, here in Memphis, to honor the deep history of the Memphis Blues. And like those blues, this bourbon is bold yet smooth. It's premium small batch bourbon that anyone over the age of 21 can enjoy. Check it out, Blue Note Bourbon. And now, here's the back door cut. Welcome, friends and family, to the newest edition of the Backdoor Cut. I'm your guy, <laughs> Barnburner Bro, and I'm here with my guys, Slim and Chief. How are you guys doing? Man, to be honest with you, I'm kind of heartbroken. My beloved Braves, Sean Newcomb, uh, was one out away from throwing a no-hitter today. Uh, got broken up by Chris Taylor of the Dodgers in the top of the ninth with two outs. And then on top of that, all these old tweets come out about Newcomb, uh, racial and homophobic slurs, just really turned a good Sunday upside down really quickly for me, but I'm ready to talk about some Grizz. Wow. Yeah, this is the chief adding insult to injury, like, you, those tweets come out after he gets the no-hitter blown up? That sucks. Someone, yeah, like, like right, right, right as it happened, like, Dude. just like the, uh, just like Josh Hader in the All-Star game when he gave up those homers or whatever, it is exact same situation, so agents, if you're listening, go check your fucking player's Twitter history and delete those old tweets. Man, that's a tough hang for him today. Go Braves, though. Well, I'm just happy to be here, uh, happy to talk more basketball with you guys, and uh, do another episode of the Backdoor Cut. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> So today, um, we'll be covering some of the transactions that have happened in the past few weeks since we last recorded. Chris Wallace and company have been on the move, and also we've debuted a new Twitter account that kind of encompasses our whole uh, Barnburner podcast network. You can find it at Barn Podcasts, and be sure to follow our main page account at the underscore Barnburner. So let's get it. All right, so first topic of the day, uh, I almost couldn't believe that this happened, uh, is about, was it about a little over a week ago when I saw the Bleacher Report or if it was a Woj bomb or whatever, but it was one of those happy bombs. That was a Woj, like, that, small explosion. That wasn't quite a bomb, I don't think. But uh, yeah. f- For Memphis, it's a bomb. <laughs> that's it's true, like that's a, true. That's about as exciting. Probably one of the more exciting things since we got Chandler. I was excited when we got Chandler. I know that's not... Super common, but what no, happened in this move? <laughs> Do what? what happened in this move? <laughs> well, Deontay Davis and Ben McLemore traded to the Kings for Garrett Temple. So Grizzlies received Garrett Temple and clean house of two failed reserves, pretty much. So two guys that 
Grizzlies took a risk on that definitely did not pan out. I guess the Deontay Davis is still up in the air, but clearly Ben McLemore did not pan out at all on the second draft. Um, so what do you guys think about that move? I think yeah, I mean, on, on our last show, we tried to hope Ben McLemore away. So, <laughs> And then you look at our Twitter poll, of like, which player do you not want on the team? And everybody voted for Deontay Davis. So I'm surprised we got rid of either one of them. And the fact that we packaged their slaw asses together and sent them to Sacramento and got a competent player, uh, a veteran leader in the locker room, like, what a great move. <laughs> Yeah, shout out us for totally calling that. I, I, I think <laughs> sure, surely uh, Chris Wallace is checking you know the barn and, and kind of checking up on the moves that need to be made. I, I'd like to say you know we got Toby Smith uh, canned and, and Penny in the office, and now we got uh, Macklemore traded. So we're making moves here for you guys locally. We're just trying to help the community. Yeah, um, yeah, and. Yeah, I think we had to attach a second-round pick, and Robert Perra had to go in his pocket and throw in some cash for, for that deal to work. So, um, you know, really, really intent on getting off of those two guys, and I think that was the day after Summer League. So uh, they must not have been impressed with what they saw from Deontay or that move just happened uh, at a time when they had to pull the trigger, um, you know, because you may not get that same type of offer again. Uh, I was listening to Chris Vernon's show, and he kind of hit on that. But then he also mentioned that Dave Yeager loves Ben McLemore. <laughs> and, and, and when, he, when he, he had Mike Wallace on, and when Mike Wallace heard that, he just said, damn. <laughs> <laughs> That's a damn worthy He's, comment. What the hell? He's, he said Jaeger kind of said McLemore just needs to be loved on and coached up and thinks he can be a good player. But, I mean, the Kings going to be the Kings. Like, Dang, thank God we're time. not the Kings, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, sometimes I go to bed at night and take solace in that. Thank God we're not the Kings. Man. How does cash work? Does that mean – does that literally mean you just like – it doesn't count against your salary cap or anything, the cash you have to shell out? It's literally just like, hey, here's some money out of our pockets, out of the owner's pocket? A lot of times the uh, cash is to make the salaries match um, and things like that. And you, you can also get trade exceptions. That's when the salaries don't match. Um, so I'm not exactly sure how it works, but it's something along those lines. Dump the bombs. I'm all about that. And, and Temple also, like, he also plays a lot of games consistently, like, every year. I think he's played 60 games, you know, like the last three or four years. And he's he's over – he's 31 now, I think. But – it's good to like be able to count on him actually playing because obviously that's been a big issue for us just keeping guys on the floor that can score uh chris harrington always used that soak up minutes term and i never really like vibe with it until i really thought about it it's so true you just need to put five bodies that can play nba basketball night in night out consistently and we just have we haven't been able to do that so i mean that's ennis was good for that and so maybe gary temple will be able to do that do that as well yeah, and I mean, I got him slotted in to start the season probably as third on the depth chart at small forward behind Kyle Anderson and Chandler Parsons. Um, so he's not, not really expecting a whole lot out of him, but with with Chandler especially, we, we do expect you know there to be some minutes available, um, especially for a guy who can defend multiple positions. And if you look at his stats over the past few years, his shooting, um, his outside shooting has continued to improve. So uh, I'm all for Garrett Temple, especially because I thought we were going to be stuck with Deontay and Ben to start the season. So a good move by Chris Wallace and company. 
Or uh, if you listen to the Outsiders' latest podcast, they say Robert Perry is the one making pulling the strings now. Uh, so uh, maybe not Chris Wallace. <laughs> so so a body, the the lawyer of Para, who is kind of the the go between between Para and the front office, is now either fired or no longer with the team. Is that is that kind of what we gathered? Um, they definitely made it seem like he's not not around, and we don't we don't really know if he was the go between or if he was the one calling the shots. We, his role is very unknown. We assume he was the go between, but. Maybe that wasn't the case. Maybe he he was the go-between to Robert, but when it came down to the decision-making time in the room, maybe he also let it be known that his his vote mattered. You know, I don't know. Maybe that's why he's not here. A lot of shady things go on when you have a middleman. So, uh, yeah. you know, we'll see what what happens. He he could reemerge. It wouldn't be the first person in Grizzlies front office history to reemerge um, from a long hiatus. So we'll see how the story plays out. Should be interesting. Also, shout out Garrett Temple. His middle name is Bartholomew, so I love that. Love that. <laughs> well, uh, I think I think y'all's boy uh, Shelvin Mack. His middle name is Bernard. So Bernard and Bartholomew, wow. they're a match made Strong in heaven. Names right there. Some scholarly players. <laughs> so after that trade, uh, news broke kinda that the Grizzlies and Shelvin Mack were in talks. Um, nothing official has happened yet. And I guess we'll go ahead now and assuming that this deal does go through, because this is almost a week later now and the deal hasn't gone through. Um, what are your thoughts on the Shelvin Mack potential signing? I think with him, you definitely get like if you look at his year to year, like what he does year to year, it's pretty consistent. Like he's going to get you six points. He's going to get you three assists per game. And I mean, that's. And like that's what? a fucking bum. A little, bomb. Under, little, under, <laughs> bomb. little under 20 minutes. <laughs> hey, man, he was, the leading assist, he was the assist leader for the Magic last year. Oh, cool. Yeah, magic and, and honest, cool story, yeah. bro. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to be excited about it, but then I went and, like, looked up some – like, you get on Twitter looking through the videos, and about 20% of them were just, like, his errors and miscues. Like, one time he was dribbling down the floor and just, like – three-point line just lost the ball up like up into the air and the caption was like some weird magnetic force just stole the ball from Shelvin Mack. So is Shelvin like, Mack oh, the man. new Shaq and the Fool King? Does he take over for JaVel McGee at this point? Or nah. is, he the all, is he the all guard on the, the Shaq and the Fool team? Is he the point guard on that roster? I don't think so. I, I don't know. I, I Honestly, who knows? Who cares what Shelvin Mack does? <laughs> like, at least I don't know, man. I, I don't I can't, I can't tell you anything about Shelvin Mack because he's a bum. <laughs> so you think you, – do you have him as, like, the last-ditch reserve I on have, the, the I chart? Have, I have him on – I hope the Grizzlies renege on this deal and don't sign him. That's what I have him on. <laughs> so you want so – so why is that? You think someone's cut in place of him, like, likely Andrew Harrison. You'd rather have Andy Harrison than him? Um, yeah, I definitely would, but t- – to go back to the first question you just asked, uh, Hollinger was on Chris Vernon's show on Wednesday, and he he said that he didn't think the Grizzlies were done making moves. Um, so since they haven't signed Shelvin Mack, I have to assume probably Harrison is involved in the trade um, that they're trying to negotiate or they're trying to make happen. Um, but Shelvin Mack, to his credit, in, when he was in Utah at the end of the 15-16 season, he was averaging 31 minutes a game. 
He averages 12 points and five five assists on 35% shooting from deep, and those are his best numbers by far of any time in the league. And they just don't excite me that much. I mean, I don't know what Shelvin Mack can do that Andrew Harrison didn't give you last year. Um, and Andrew Harrison has improved each year. Um, we know his struggles early on, but last year he gave you 10 points a game, three assists on 33% shooting from deep. Um, a solid defender. I feel like he can switch more than Mack. Um, he can play on the ball, off the ball. I, I just think Andrew Harrison continues to get better and people continue to write him off, but I would like to see him give given a real shot at being the backup point guard on this team especially playing with Kyle Anderson and Mike Conley um, I think that makes a very versatile lineup so I'm just I'm just not a fan of you know going away from a young guy like Harrison for a uh, 20 what 27 year old and Shelvin Mack who you kind of already know what he is and what he's going to give you night in and night out yeah I mean when did, you be, when did you become an Andrew Harrison supporter uh, when, I feel like that hasn't always been the case. No, a minute it, before this podcast, <laughs> def, no, definitely uh, he he's improved, and like you think of moments like the block in that Spurs series and the the game that Mark hit the game winner. Um, you just think of big time. Uh, I think he got CP3 in the game his rookie season when CP3 was still with the Clippers from a chase down block. Um, he's a guy who's been in big games and he defends like he can defend multiple positions and. I, like he continues to get better offensively, so I don't see what there's not to like about him now, other than his maybe kind of smug look. Like I think he's proven himself; he's proven that he's an NBA player, and I, I just think he's somebody worth keeping around. I think he fits the identity of where the team is trying to go um, with this whole kind of reinvention of G and G. And you know, you look at the roster, and we don't have anyone locked up after two years. You know, no mm-hmm. one on the roster is under contract more than two years from now. So, um, I, I think it's the perfect opportunity. Like, why just go get an older guy who is basically giving you the same thing or less than an improving Andrew Harrison can do? It just doesn't make sense to me with all the other moves that they have made, which have been, in my opinion, good moves looking towards the future and the present, kinda. So that's just how I feel about that certain move and. I don't know, man. Go Andrew Harrison. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Like, <laughs> why, why do Andrew you... Harrison. I'm about to chug this natural light. <laughs> <laughs> why are you chugging? Why do you like Andrew Harrison but not Didi? Because Andrew, Har- Andrew Harrison is a competent basketball player who can give you valuable minutes and is not just on the court because he's seven feet tall. Like... Deontay Davis is he doesn't know what's going on out there he's just relying on his height and his athleticism and you know I wish it would have worked out for him but he looks like a guy who's going to be out of the league uh you know maybe get cut by Sacramento probably get cut um but you know just a average ass big man kind of <laughs> we'll get into Dakari Johnson later but kind of the same boat and Deontay may even be better than Dakari actually but maybe I I gotta jump in the Kevin Durant, honesty corner here. Kevin Durant, one of the most honest players in the NBA right now, just getting in Twitter fights and whatnot. And I, I Andy Harrison's definitely gotten better every year he's been in the league. That's undisputed. The question is, what's his ceiling? That was the big question with him. I don't know the answer to that. And but I'm not going to sit here and say he hasn't gotten better. I'm not also going to sit here and say that his being pretty terrible initially didn't kind of color my opinion of him, regardless of how good he is now. It's hard to when he has the ball not cringe from all the times that. 
were cringeworthy, uh, and that might be irrational, but that's just kind of a, an image thing that he, he's gotten better, surely, but it's still scary when he has the ball. Um, perhaps that's irrational. I, I didn't watch a lot of basketball this past season because we were so terrible, so I know that's when he had his best season and when he got a lot of minutes and developed the most. Uh, but that block in the Spurs game, yeah, it's noted. It was awesome, and he's definitely gotten better. I don't think this is a terrible move because – we are signing a 27-year-old guy, so it's not like we're signing like a 34-year-old point guard vet. It's 27, still in his prime, just entering his prime, in fact. And he's on a one-year deal. So I think this move is to set up perhaps the next backup point guard of the Grizzlies' future. Maybe the front office has their eye on the summer of 2020, I guess, uh, free agency. or tw- I'm sorry, summer of 2019. Maybe they have their eye on someone opening up they want to give a you know four-year, $40 million deal to. I mean, uh, you can't have your... Kind of in you line with... I don't think you can have your eye on a future backup point guard. Like, if you have your I mean, eye on s- someone like that, you're expecting them to break out and be like a, a starting point guard. Well, this is a one-year deal. You know, it's, not, it's clear that they want the books clean in 2019 for whatever reason. Uh, and if they do get Andrew Harrison off the books, that means they're clearing the way. Unless the, and so if Mac ends up being good, they re-sign him. If he's a bum, then it's a one-year deal. No harm, no foul. And, uh, and then you look for somebody else. Maybe Harrison's still out there at... But I mean, you can wave you can wave Harrison in a year too. I don't think his deal affect, affects why they would get Shelvin Mack. Yep. I don't think I, I don't think he he's like a roster crunch or anything like that. You know, you can wave Andrew Harrison without remorse. Yeah, I'm just saying. I think that's where their head is, and I, I don't. I think it's kind of a, a it's kind of a flush thing. I don't really think that Harrison's a lot better than Mack, and I don't think Mack's really good either. But. Uh, Mac is at his his best season has been better than Andrew Harrison's best season, so I mean that that's a fact. And he might dribble the ball off his foot, but I don't I don't hate this move. Uh, I, I've come down on the positive of it. He but you know, hey man, <laughs> you know, like uh, <laughs> if you like Andrew Harrison, that's fine. I hope he succeeds. I like the kid. Not a lot of identical twins out there. My dad's an identical twin, so I ride for identical twins. I'm always in their corner. But just not I, this time. I mean, I'm just nothing you just said about Shelvin Mack was good. <laughs> like, so I don't. It's just not like we once we signed him, everybody was like, "Oh, this this completes like the best summer ever." Like, I don't, I don't no, think but, that I don't think that's true. <laughs> like, I mean, twelve, you know, twelve, thirteen points a game, five assists, and four rebounds. Uh, it, you know, start playing significant amount of minutes is good. Like that's yeah, a I mean that that that's was good. a twenty that was a twenty five game stretch. I, I bet if I went through and did a twenty five game stretch, uh, I could find that for Andrew Harrison those same numbers. Maybe so. I look forward to receiving that spreadsheet. <laughs> that's a big but, I mean, dive, but, right? I, but, but I bet I bet you don't. I bet you don't find that. <laughs> no, all right, we'll see. Okay. <laughs> I was just saying the dude, the dude's average as hell. Like, no, yeah. I don't think Shelvin Mack's good, but I also don't think Andrew Harrison's good. So. I'm not saying that Shelvin Mack's suddenly the savior and he's the best backup point guard in the league, but I, I think that that's kind of the red herring of this of this whole people that oppose this trade is that you can you can think Shelvin Mack's pretty average, but also kind of dislike Andrew Harrison and be logical. Yeah, no, that's that's fine. But uh, so the trade you're talking about is that the Jarrell Martin for Dakari Johnson because that's that's the trade that we made that. Um, Supposedly it was to clear the way for the Shelvin Max signing. Right right after that was reported, kinda I think the next day, we were told that Jarrell was going to Orlando for Dakari Johnson and someone else. And it, this move made sense, right? Because the Grizzlies, after drafting Jaron Jackson Jr., were kind of bogged down at the four with 
um, Ivan Rab, Jamichael Green, and as well as Armory Caspi, who I think is probably slotted squarely in at the four. Um, when you look at the the roster with with Kyle Chandler and Garrett now at the three, um, so what do what do you guys think about trading Jarrell? I know I'm I'm on Jarrell Martin Island still, but uh, how do you guys feel about this trade? It's it, I mean it makes sense and it's logical and Jarrell I think was due a little bit more money than the you know being a first round pick and I think he was entering this is his third year of his deal so I think he was due like what two or three million on his contract. Yeah, so, I'm still I mean, not, not nothing. Yeah, yeah, not not a small amount. Yeah, uh, but, but apparently his contract, uh, the, the trade basically got the Grizzlies under some tax line, one of the tax lines, and it's, it's saving them money in the long run and allows them to be able to sign a player, right, which is right. Pre- presumably Shelvin Mack. Right. I mean, until they do, you know, they haven't yet, but all signs are pointing to them doing that. Jarrell Martin is a, you know, a super athletic, exciting player sometimes. Sometimes he's just completely disappears. I, I mean, I, I think that they made a decision that he's just not part of the long picture of this team, you know, the forward thinking picture. And that's fine. I think that's, he hasn't shown anything to necessarily deserve a, a, a shot, like a long term shot. And he might very well end up being good. But he, he definitely can play basketball and has shown flashes. It's just very – it's super frustrating when you can't – a player can't put it together consistently. And there's a multitude of factors for that that we don't see as, as viewers, as NBA fans. Uh, so I, I don't think it's necessarily all his fault. And a lot of it's due to some injuries. He had some nagging injuries that didn't allow him to stay on the court. And he just maybe hasn't been able to consistently crack the rotation for whatever reason. A lot of coaching changes. So it might not be all his fault, but – I don't think this is a bad move. Dakari Johnson, whatever. Like, I, I thought we might have waived him, honestly, to clear out another roster spot. I didn't know if he was part of the picture either. I, I realized we traded Didi and might need a backup center, you know, maybe. But I, I'm not high on Dakari Johnson or anything. I don't think he's worth the shit right now. Yeah, I don't, you have no idea. Like, what is, what's he supposed to do? He's, I mean, he's a seven-footer seven who we're going to pay, like, a million and a half to stand out there, like, for a few minutes a game. I, I really don't know yeah, what don't he's going to do. I, I look, so I went back and just kind of curious where he came from. He was actually the number one center in his high school class of yeah. 2013. So yeah, he's, he's another been, Calipari fan. He's a wildcat. Yeah. American. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, he, he, he never – 10 he, overall in his class, but kind of like underwhelming, you know, in college and in the NBA. Yeah, he didn't do shit on his Wildcats teams. That was when they were winning like undefeated teams, when they had the Harrison Twins. And he was like barely getting on the court. And I just remember he'd come on and foul and – he really just didn't look like he knew what he was doing, and it was clear that Cal didn't favor him because Cal didn't play him worth a damn. So, I mean, yeah. this this is not a good basketball player. <laughs> like, so I I don't really understand what the long term goal here is, and it might become clear, you know, in the coming weeks. Yeah, and Hollinger kind of said that he could be a part of another move, um, or he could just be a guy who who sticks around through training camp and tries to make the team as kind of that third center. Maybe you put him behind Ivan Rab as the third center. Um, but he's a, he's a seven footer. But I mean, I don't even think he's as good as Deontay Davis. Um, I think Deont- wow. Deontay showed more promise than him, but. Um, he, he could be on the roster on opening day or he could be waived tomorrow. Either way, I really wouldn't be surprised just because that's kind of how it is with seven-footers. I mean, we kept Hamed Adadi around for, for years. You know, you just if, if <laughs> you're big. A fan favorite, though. Yeah, definitely, because you'd see him out on Beale Street drinking beers or down in Tunica at the, at the casinos. But, um, you know, if you're seven-foot, you have a chance at sticking around. Um, 
especially yeah. when Mark Gasol is the only true center on this roster, uh, other than Johnson, obviously. And, and Dakar is a little bit of, I don't know how much, I mean, he's a little bit of a Wallace guy, you know, like a McDonald's All-American blue blood college player that may have not panned out initially. Uh, I, I don't know if that, you know, he's not quite what like a Macklemore would be. He's not really a second draft because he might not really make this roster. But he has a little bit of that going on, kind of some, some historical talent that hasn't necessarily manifested itself. So hope that's not the case. Shit, we might give him a four-year, $20 million deal like Macklemore pretty soon or something. <laughs> no, hell no. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> all right, well, uh, what do you think? Of, all right, well, bro, you've kind of given your opinion on it. I mean, w- tell me why you're on Jerome Martin Island. Well, why, what's, what's it like out there? The wave's nice. You know, you got you eating pineapples and coconuts, or is it <laughs> the wave's tough and you're getting rained on all the time? No, man, we out here hunting hogs like Jarrell Martin said he grew up doing. Um, <laughs> He's so. like, okay, I, I, I was uh, you guy, definitely a Louisiana guy. Yeah, man, we're sticking the pit bulls on him. Uh, so I, I think I think he's a multi-tooled basketball player who can play multiple positions and guard multiple positions. And I just think he never really, like you said, was put in the right situations. Um, obviously, early on, he had those injuries in his foot, um, which held him back, and he kind of uh, really gained some weight before he even got to the Grizzlies. It looked like he had a bunch of baby fat. And then was just kind of behind. I don't even remember if he played his whole rookie year. Um, And then I think he missed the next summer league as well. So he was just so far behind the eight ball. But I think he's got the skills. And of all the players that we've gotten rid of, like him, Deontay, Ben McLemore, um, of those three, I think he's got a a better chance of sticking in the league than than either of them. So I, I think... I think hopefully in Orlando, I mean, they're not looking to win games. Hopefully he'll get a chance to play and prove himself, and hopefully he does well. But overall, I mean, I can't be mad at the move because I understand it. But I'm kind of – I'm now, after hearing Hollinger on Vernon, I'm kind of anxious to see what the next little move is, even though I'm sure it's going to be nothing. I just want to see who they're okay with getting rid of. Yeah, it, it kind of dictates how good this was, right, once we find out what the ultimate – thing that happens is like right, the card right might not be the final the final move here and so we might end up with some other player that we're like okay i'd take that over drell sure but drell yeah. absolutely has all the skills and he could end up being like a james johnson guy like hyper athletic you know can yeah. shoot threes pretty well can if you know puts back every now and then an insane hammer dunk that makes everyone go well holy shit who's this guy and he might end up, you know, averaging like 12 points a game for the Magic, like playing 20 minutes a game off the bench. I, I hope that for him. I really do. I hope he succeeds. It, it's a bummer it didn't work out. But I think he was the most exciting first-round pick we had in, in that slew of shitty first-round picks. And I understood why he was picked. I, I saw the talent and I saw the skill. It just n- never was consistent enough, I guess. Yeah, and I feel like he was one of those guys who started playing basketball at a young, at an old age too. Like he had only played a couple of years of high school or something like that, and then you come into the NBA and you get set back by those injuries so far. Like your skills are already behind, and then you just—he's really just now catching up. So it's right. kind of like if he would have played in this year's summer league, you would have expected him to dominate because that's kind of where he is in his career right now. But before this season, when he got to play a lot, really, you wouldn't have expected that. I don't think. Not I wouldn't have at least. But, but I think he, I think he's gonna be okay. He's gonna do well for himself. Um, but yeah, bro, you got anything else on it? 
Now, I mean, it's probably best for him to be traded to a team that's going to like give him a chance and like let him actually, you know, get some minutes with low expectations, see what he can do, you know, maybe earn his next contract. Because here, it just wasn't. It wasn't. It's not going to happen now, you know. Yes. Especially with uh, Jaron Jackson. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. All right. Well, you guys want to move into the to the uh, new exciting signing, uh, Yuta Wannabe. Incredible name. Signed with the Grizz. <laughs> we waved Mike Henry. He's a Japanese basketball player. Uh, he played at George Washington in college in the A10. Played all four years. Was uh, he's like a kind of a modern NBA big man. He shoots three six nine. Skinny though, and uh, he is called the. Uh, I'm trying to find his nickname. It was incredible. But he has an incredible NBA nickname like the the, – the, uh, I can't remember. I'm going to have to cut this shit out because I'm just uh, rambling right now. But he's <laughs> the a, Golden Thunder or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I was trying to find – Anyway, Traffic Thunder. Yeah, we, we signed this guy, and, and a lot of people are saying now that he has talent, sure, but that a large part of that is to uh, kind of bring the Japanese market into uh, more into the NBA, first of all. Second of all, to get them as Memphis fans. And I know he's the second Japanese uh, NBA player in the history of the NBA. So, and he plays for the Japanese national team. So, you know, that's a, that's a savvy business move, perhaps. I don't really know what to expect, but I know he you know, he's on a two-way, so he'll spend a lot of time down in South Haven and may, may crack some minutes in the, in the big leagues. I don't know. We'll see. But what do you guys think of uh, Yuta signing? I think, I mean, it. I didn't really know much about him, but Mike Henry, you know, we got, we added him last year on the two way and he was, he's okay, but it's hard. It was really hard last year to tell how good some of the guys were going to be. Cause we just stunk all year. So you couldn't tell like Marshawn Brooks. I'm, I'm interested to see how he's going to do this year. You know, when we're actually trying to win games and he's not just able to, you know, go out there and get buckets as much because you got, you know, Mike's going to, hopefully be out there we'll get to that later a little teaser mm. um uh, hopefully you know brooks you know is still is able to pick up where he left off but i mean seems like a upgrade over mike henry at least so props for that one well i mean i, I think mike henry hit like six threes one game um but this guy is six nine he can shoot uh played it so I, I would i would say he's more of a small forward than a than an nba type big man he, he's he, that's what they're trying him to be is a small forward he averaged 16 uh and six last year at george washington also 1.6 blocks so he's got the skills uh in summer league for the nets he averaged nine points four boards and again 1.6 blocks so he's kind of long um, and like you alluded to, the bringing over the Japanese fan base, and not only that, but the Japanese sponsorship dollars, that's a big-time deal, especially in a market like Mem- Memphis, uh, where this guy is, I mean, the whole nation of Japan is on his back. They, they think he is, like, the next big thing. They're all rooting for him, a lot like Yao Ming uh, and how all the Chinese fans became Rocket fans. Sure. And and I know these these deals with Chinese companies and Japanese companies and sponsorship dollars, uh, they amount to a lot for these teams. Uh, I'm not sure why, but I know those companies are willing to pay a lot of money. And there there are Grizzlies games that you probably don't even realize are broadcast uh, on, on those networks, uh, on Japanese Chinese networks, and. That's why you you'll see sometimes in the forum where the players go to check in like signs in Chinese and things like that. 
So that's a big deal for the team, uh, not only for the big club, but also opens up some opportunity down in South Haven. Um, and a, potentially teaming him with DJ Steffens uh, would be a, a ni- nice draw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I, 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 shout out to Yuta Watanabe, actually. I was reading Grizz's slaw ass, or Bro's slaw ass uh, outline that has him as wannabe. You don't want to be. <laughs> I saw uh, that. I didn't I, realize I, that typo in there. That's on. That's on me. Also, his nickname is the Chosen One. The Japan Japan Times. I assume the one of the national newspapers there nicknamed the Chosen One. So it's clear that he is kind of been crowned as the the next guy from Japan, and and, and that's that's a great savvy business move. I think all around solid decision on the Grizzlies' part. So yeah, I mean, I mean, why not? You know, why not? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> why not? Uh, Westbrook slogan. <laughs> so, yeah, well, let's take a second to uh, shout out our sponsor again on the Barn Burner, new sponsor. It is uh, Memphis's local newest spirit, Blue Note Bourbon. Blue Note Bourbon, it's an artfully crafted uh, local small batch bourbon that is delicious. And I know that Bro right now is, is drinking some, and, uh, and it's uh, about to be the next big thing here. And I'm sure that if you get out into a local liquor store, check it out. It's delicious. And, Bro, what do you think about it right now? Are you, uh, are you enjoying it? Yeah, it's real smooth. Got it uh on the rocks right here enjoying it while we're podcasting so thank you blue note appreciate it shout out blue note be noteworthy memphis we gotta we gotta airlift some blue note over to slim and Kali. so we'll uh yeah we'll i need that, that. need yeah. that okay and again uh we are on twitter at at the underscore barn burner and uh at barn podcasts and those are two of our site accounts that and we, it has some good stuff on there too. It doesn't have just articles just being rapid fired at you. It it has some other analysis and and uh, some some stuff going on in the city. So definitely follow those if you want to keep up to date with what's going on at the barn. Now this is an exciting time. Let's move into this uh, this kind of development in French basketball, which is a uh, an intro I never thought I would say. But on <laughs> it, Le Mans Sarth Basket, which is a one of the French teams in the French league. Uh, there's a player by the name of DJ Steffens that plays for them. Won a title there. Uh, and then I think he was sixth man of the year in that league. And he told them, told his French basketball team, that he has exercised the NBA clause in his contract and is heading to the league. Now, his destination, as of now, as of recording this podcast Sunday night, uh, July 29th, we do not know where he's heading, but... The, the word is that it could perhaps mean a two-way contract with the Grizzlies and that he could spend some time in South Haven and on the Grizzlies. But no one knows. What have you all heard the latest about uh, DJ Steffens, former Memphis Tiger and dunking extraordinaire? I have heard absolutely nothing, but I hope he is signing a two-way deal with the Grizzlies. So you think that we'll lose Kobe? They'll, they'll drop his contract? Is that kind of what's... You would hope for. I mean, two would you? I would do that shit in a heartbeat. Hell yeah! <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, I just so. want to see DJ play again because in college he's all, he's like so much fun. I think for especially for the hustle, I don't think that many people went to games last year. Just getting people there would probably be like a big win in the first place. Yeah, and but I think that's what Yuda's going to do. Yuda's going to draw people in because you know that's something new. And then having like a local favorite, DJ Steffens, who's just like. Super athletic, I, and I'm really, I really am curious to put him in the NBA and see how he would do, especially on defense. I think he would really surprise some people who, you know, are going to the basket, and you know, he's just a different type of defender with his leaping ability. It's it's very uncanny. Yeah, and I mean, he's been in the league. He's had a ten day. We've seen him in the D League. Um, he does what he does, and 
He he doesn't really resemble the player from college at all, other than the hops and the blocks, um, which are always crazy. Like in summer league, he blocked blocked Wade Baldwin backwards. Like he, he jumped oh, yeah. he, without he, looking. Yeah, like I don't he I don't know how he does some of these things. And you add in that he can shoot a three if he needs to, but he's not one of those guys who's just going to be out there jacking for no reason. Um, but he might catch you slipping and get a putback. That energizes the building um, on a on a Tuesday night when you really need some extra fan energy to win a game. You know he may not play in the big games against the Warriors, the Rockets, and teams like that. Or maybe he does work his way into that. But I think DJ Stephens could help. You know, not only the team in South Haven, but also uh, NBA franchise, and hopefully that's the Grizzlies. Hell yeah, we've seen it before. T- former Tigers are great in this town. Austin Nichols on the hustle. And, uh, and the city just comes out to support their Tigers. It, and anytime that you can bring one back to play basketball in a meaningful way, I think you'll have fans there in that building in South Haven that otherwise wouldn't be, or even in the forum too. So really hope he ends up uh, with the Grizzlies. And, and I hope that he can work his way you know, to a contract. I, I've always wondered why he really hasn't been able to stick in the NBA, but uh, this is finally a chance where he'll get to show his stuff. And I hope, uh, I hope he's ready. I know he's been working on his three-point shot. Really all he needs to do is be athletic, Catch oops and shoot threes. And yeah, well, that's that, all he needs to do. That domestic assault allegation a couple summers back didn't help his didn't, didn't help, help his help causes. Him. No, that and that is the under you know kind of one of the under uh, under the radar sort of social issues that goes with them too because people wonder you know if that's a if he's a, if he's a if that's a personality flaw if there's if he if that's the kind of guy he is maybe they want him on his ro- on their roster and I don't know the credit of those allegations I don't haven't done any investigation but that's certainly out there yeah which was a bummer man like I. There are certain guys like you just this. I mean, you don't expect that of anybody at all. But DJ, I really didn't, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I I don't know anything for sure one way or the other. But uh, you know, I, I've always known DJ to be a really good guy. So yeah, I, I, I wouldn't fit, feed into anything else. Yeah, agree, agree. So a couple of days ago, probably three or four days ago, the Grizz social media uh, was a fire with some shipping containers that had been imported into the FedEx forum and sat down in the middle of the concrete floor that is beneath the, the hardwood and uh, two big industrial sized shipping containers. And the, the Twitter was sort of kind of casting some mystery around what could be in those. And I don't, to date, I don't believe we've had a solution or we, we've had an answer, but a lot of people are saying that it's likely a new floor, new playing floor. What do y'all think it is? And, uh, and what does it mean to y'all? I, I would have to assume it's a new floor. Cause the, the pictures are kind of alluding to that. If you haven't seen them, there's three different shipping containers kind of in they're in the forum where the on the concrete floor, which is the base, which is below the you know, the wood floor that they build for the games. And so I just have to assume that we're doing some sort of revamp because we kind of redid the jerseys. They took out one of the colors, I believe. They took out the yellow, is that what they did? Yeah, the, I think so. And a logo. And so I they're coming out with this new court. I would presumably coming out with a new court to kind of match that. Maybe a little rebranding. So mm-hmm. that that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of cool. You hear the talk about you know refocus on grit and grind and everything, but to see some more, you know, tangible visual aids for that too. That's kind of cool. You know, like we're kind of a refocus for the franchise just in general. You know, with Para. You know, his increased involvement and everything, just kind of saying to the city, like, we're back, we're serious now, we've kind of been 
slacking for a few years, but we're we're here to make it a splash and do something new and exciting, get people revved up. Yeah, little things like that get fans into it for sure. Yeah. Uh, did they change the floor last year? Was there still yellow in the floor last year, or did, did y'all not go to enough games you don't rem- remember? I don't remember, but I think I read that, that that was the case, yeah. Because, yeah, on, on 2K, I know they didn't have the yellow in the floor this year, um, so I was just wondering if that's different. But uh, other than that, a new floor, I mean, cool, I guess. We'll see what it looks like. Um, the jersey rebrands haven't really excited me at all. Yeah, I haven't uh, seen anything super different or anything. Yeah, I mean, it's they're, they're just taking out the yellow or, or little things like that. I did like I do like the Nike jerseys better, but mm-hmm. I, I, I'm on board with seeing a full rebrand of team colors, either going back to the retro style or, or trying something new. I, 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 w- I think, and this is what I would do if I was in charge of marketing, 2020, the 25th anniversary of the team, I would reintroduce the uh, throw in a retro jersey. That's the 25th anniversary of the Vancouver Grizzlies. For the, the, the like, city jersey? Yeah, or just yeah, like, that. Or we just kind of make a full pivot back and, and, you know, reuse that old Grizz emblem and, you know, fully pick up those colors again. I, I think it was a great color scheme. It was very unique. And, our you know, our blue, the Beale Street blue is unique, but our navy blue jerseys in white, it's, it's kind of lame duck, man. Yeah, average. Very, yeah, very sure. average. Yeah. I mean, I, I like them. You, you can wear you can wear them with a lot of things, a lot of different clothing options to wear your jersey with. But uh, you know, I, I could use something a little more standout-ish, just just something a little more unique, like you say. For sure. And we again, we don't to make know. fashion statements. Yeah, well, we're so, always trying to make fashion statements in Memphis. You know, <laughs> fashion uh, capital of the world. Yeah, speaking of fashion, oh, yeah. our uh, our team fashion leader Mike Conley reported to USA Basketball this this week for like a mini, a mini camp basically, but it was reported that Mike did not participate in like the full basketball activities, no scrimmages, anything like that. Are you guys worried about that or how you feeling? He I read the Giannato article that said that the team just hasn't cleared him, but he feels mentally and physically ready to do the full contact. He just hasn't been cleared yet. But he says he will cleared, and he's on track for the training camp, which is, to me, the more important date. Uh, I mean, the most important date is, you know, regular first regular season game. I want to see him, you know, on the floor, and I want to see him in decent shape. Uh, but I, I'm not too worried about it, especially considering there's that Twitter video of him out there uh, jumping, like, 40 feet up in the air Ooh, from flat yeah. foot. Yeah, man. <laughs> and I don't know. That could have been completely camera magic because it looks insane the, the, how high he jumped. And he's never been known to be the leaper. But, man, he it looked like his head was nearly to the top of the backboard, which is obviously preposterous. But I was I was hyped, man. I was. It was clear like a move to get that out there to make everyone kind of remember about Mike and think about, oh, he looks good. He's ready to go. He's he's healthy. He's he's back. So got to have our floor general back. If we, if we want to be good at all he's got to be on the floor and he's got to be playing at least at at medium level health and I forgot that last 2016 2017 he averaged like 20 and 7 during the season which was you know by far his highest totalings but that's you know that's all-star point guard caliber yeah really good yeah I'm not it's not like he was gonna make that roster anyway so it's it's very good that he's not out there like busting his ass trying to, you know, bang bodies and, you know, hustling all the time and potentially re-injure himself because that would be – that would be pretty devastating. Well, he got, us, the, so he got the invite. The fact that he's just – the fact that he's just there hanging out, 
you know, kind of rubbing shoulders with that type, that caliber of people is, from my perspective, good enough because he, he's not someone that would, you know, make the that team, that 12-man roster. Well, he got the invite because of that, cause that season, the, those averages, the 2016-2017 season. Mm-hmm. He had a great well, season and he got the invite and he just didn't want to, you know, not go just because he got injured. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Mike's been involved with USA basketball for quite a few years now. This this isn't something where you go. This is not the tryouts or anything like that. This is just a mini camp where if you've been in the USA basketball system, you can come out um and they just kind of it's just basically a, a team bonding type thing. Um they they're not selecting the team or anything like that. He'll still be in the running to make the team uh for the World Championships, I think in 2020. Um, so, and I, I'm not worried either about him not participating in those scrimmages. It's my understanding that he didn't even think they were going to be doing those type of drills. He just, or scrimmages, he just expected to be going through drills and he's still strengthening the tendons and muscles around his Achilles because it had been hurt so long that due to overcompensation and just how the intricate parts of the foot work like those muscles were worn down and just not working like they were supposed to even though he he was still playing because I mean he he had the surgery you know last season but this is something that's been lingering for several years now and the his foot muscles and things like that have just kind of been deteriorating so this is kind of a learning process for him learning how to how it feels to not have pain again like and just how it feels when his foot is working properly and he's not having to do the overcompensation and all that stuff. So uh, by all accounts, he, he seems like he's going to be ready to go for training camp, and hopefully he'll be ready to start the season. Agree. That was, that, was like a med- that was a freaking medical analysis like I've never heard before. <laughs> well, In sports radio, well, that was excellent. My fiancé deals with feet and surgery, so I, I hear about that stuff all the time. So it's mm. so a lot of little bones in your foot, man, and tendons and muscles and all kinds of stuff. It's, it's tough down there. <laughs> yeah, man, hopefully this is the point where we you know, look back and we think, yeah, he was out for that season, but then he got better than he's ever been before for like the next four years of his career. That would be a cool kind of split to look at, you know, look back on and, and think, man, remember when he was out for that season, it sucked. And then once uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is, you know, making the all NBA team and Mike's back where, you know, that's a, that's a, the place where we're trying to head. That's the place where we're trying to head. We got any more yeah. topics, boys? Um, what I think do you, that covers it for today. Well, all right, bro, close <laughs> us out, man. Yeah, hold on, man. I'm not done. What, uh, what, oh, my B, my B. So have you, you guys... teach us about knees now? No, have you guys <laughs> cooled off on our, our season projections? Are you? What are you guys expecting? Uh, you know, this, what this was been, it, 40, over, 40, this, 40 was over under, right? It's been two weeks since we, uh, since we talked about the team projections. And, yeah, 40 was over under, but, I mean, 40 games not get, getting you in the playoffs, I don't think. Right. I think realistically, we win 44. I mean, if you win 40, you know, 42 is is 500 or 41, 41 and 41. Right. I think that we win, assuming health, uh, disclaimer, we win 44 games and make the get the eight seed. Maybe in a play, Uh, maybe in a play in game, you know, in game 82. I don't know. I don't know how tight it's going to be, but I think we we slide in there. That's my kind of expectation assuming health and assuming what we've seen historically. Now, that could completely change if Mike comes out and has an, an all-career season, and if that could also change if 
Um, if Jaron Jackson Jr. somehow gives us more than we even think he's going to, or if Kyle Anderson plays better than he has historically with the Spurs, but we have to we have to look at the past and determine the future right now, and then hope to be surprised later. Yeah, I really hate that eight seed slot. It just seems like not that much fun. I know a lot of Memphis would be happy to get in there, and that that is probably realistic. I think that our ceiling ceiling is probably like some still around the six seed. I would feel much more comfortable if we got there. I'm not like super optimistic about it, but I think that it is possible. Really depends on Mike's health and Triple J, Block Boy J, how he can like how quickly he becomes awesome. <laughs> oh, you just tried to toss two of his uh, his nickname possibilities out there in one sentence. I, I, I like that. I like that. <laughs> 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 uh, for me. You know, Hollinger on Vernon, he said something when Vernon asked him about, like, when people say, well, what about Kyle Anderson in the playoffs? Like, you can't play players that can't shoot in the playoffs, you know, that whole notion. And Hollinger kind of laughed, and he said, we won, like, 23 games last year. He said, we'll worry about playoff matchups if we get there. Um, <laughs> and I'm kind of I'm kind of in that same boat, like, I was on the Summer Grizz High two weeks ago and was talking about the five seed, but I think that's kind of that's kind of crazy, kind of absurd to think. Um, now, right now at this moment, I I don't think we make the playoffs. I mean, I just I just don't see it. Like I don't see a, a really good team, especially if we're not starting Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, I think he needs got to get him in the starting lineup, man. I think he needs to be getting all the minutes and and just just uh progressing you know just getting better each game but right now I'm, I'm not i'm not seeing it i mean mike dylan kyle jamichael and mark is a is a okay starting lineup but i mean that's not that's not scaring anybody in the nba i don't think maybe maybe like orlando or somebody like that but i'm, I'm just not on the grizz high anymore I, i'm not i'm not feeling the playoffs when i when i look back at last season and look at these additions i think we still got a long way to go and I, I think we're trying to rebuild for the future more than contend for right now. So you think the Jazz are better than us? The Pelicans are better than us? Yeah, uh, yeah. The Timberwolves are better than us? Uh, yeah. I'm not going to say the Timberwolves, but I, I would put the Nuggets above us right now. Okay, so the Nuggets will get that eight seed. The, I mean, tim- the Timberwolves year- are a shit show. So yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And, you know, the Spurs, last podcast, we weren't sure about the Spurs. I think they're definitely better than us in the regular season now with DeRozan. Yeah. Rose is probably going to have the best career year. This I think he's yeah. going to be the man there. I think yeah. OKC gets better without Carmelo. Um, you know, the Rockets well, probably take a step back, but still a lot better than us. I mean, last year, the three seed through the eight seed in the Western Conference was divi- decided by two games. I mean, the, the Trailblazers, 49 wins, three seed. Oklahoma City, four seed, 48 wins. Utah Jazz, five seed, 48 wins. Pelly, six seed, 48 wins. Seven seed Spurs, forty seven wins, and then the Timberwolves with forty seven wins, uh, and then the Nuggets barely squeezed out of the playoffs. They only had forty six wins. So, yeah, so I, I don't expect to be better than any of those teams. Then you toss the Lakers up there with LeBron James. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, it's true. Like, they're absolutely bumping someone out. And then I mean, we're we're probably better than the Kings, the Mavs, and the Suns. Um, then, then you know it's a close call there. <laughs> so, uh, I think the I think the reaction to this summer has been overblown. Like this is this is a solid summer for what it is, coming off a twenty two win season and trying to rebuild while keeping Mike and Mark. But 
This is nowhere near the summer when we re-signed Mark Gasol, who could have left for San Antonio, and then we signed Brandon Wright and traded for Matt Barnes. Like that that was a big that was a big summer. I think that was the summer of fifteen, which led into the the injury plague season of fifteen sixteen when we had like twenty eight guys. Mm-hmm. But then you think right. about uh, the summer of 16 when we maxed out Mike and we signed Parsons, we traded for Troy Daniels, we re-signed James Ennis after we had traded him. Uh, we drafted De- Deontay and Rade, who we ended up waving, and we drafted Wade, who was you know projected to be the backup point guard of the future. That was a big time summer. Like that was presumably the best summer ever. But you know Chandler Parsons, um, unfortunate situation. So. This I think this summer we were riding a high because it was big, and it is potentially franchise-changing with Jaron Jackson Jr., but these other moves, like they're no different than some of the other summers we've had, just minus the max signing. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I, your points are well taken. I think we're going to be – I think we do make the playoffs. I think we're going to be better, assuming hell. I mean, that's – assuming health disclaimer is an important one here because we haven't been healthy in like three years. Not really. Right, and, so, and I mean, I think who, everyone who, can play. Like, everyone's not assuming much. health, you know. Everyone, Chris oh, I Paul, agree. yeah, yeah. Steph Curry's ankles. Yeah, yeah, you have to do that, and I just think if if that can happen, which all all signs point to that won't, but if it does, I, I think that we can have a better season than everyone thinks. Cause I think that Mike and Mark are still good basketball players, and uh, and so I think if they can stay on the floor, then we'll win games. And especially if we pivot back to, to better defense. I don't know if we have the personnel to do that uh, like we used to, but I think that the focus is there and we have some continuity with the team, the coaching staff, the practices. We have a good locker room. All those things add up to those, those extra three wins that get you in or out of the Western Conference playoffs. So I, I'm choosing the more optimistic approach, but I definitely like – they could also not make it. They, it takes one injury, and we're winning 30 games, you know? Okay, let me ask you guys this. Would you rather sneak into the playoffs as a 7 or 8 seed with Jaron Jackson Jr. being coming off the bench, or would you rather miss the playoffs by four or five games with Jaron Jackson Jr. starting all season and logging about 30 minutes? Second one. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'd yeah. rather Jaron get some experience, and then we get the. Yeah, definitely. I, the seventh and eighth seed is just not. I've been to a lot of playoff games, and those when you get swept in the playoffs, it just isn't that much fun. I think if we, if we're not going to be able to get over that hump, then I would have to make the latter decision. But I, I think getting Jaron developed is one of the most important things that we can do this season. That should be like a huge objective for us to make him ready for year two and three and four, you know, get him up to NBA speed uh, and not necessarily, you know, this year. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. But I mean, hopefully we start Jan Jackson and we still make the playoffs, right? Cause maybe that makes us better as a team. Like, Theoretically it would. Yeah. I mean, but if you're telling me, you know, I got to pick between one I'm definitely picking Jaron Jackson development. And in your hypothetical, we win 42 games. You know, we miss the playoffs by five games. That averages about 42 with him developing. I'm happy about that. I, I, that's a pretty decent win total. And he's, uh, he's developing and, and playing a part in those 42 wins. I'm feeling good about that. 
Yeah, so I, I think this season we're going to have to – it's going to be a weird grade, you know. We're going to have to grade his progression along with Kyle Anderson's fit, um, along with Dylan's progression and seeing if we think there's a future be- with them as the core and then Mike and Mark still hanging around. It's, it's really just going to be an interesting season all around because no one's expecting that deep run in the playoffs like we were in the true grit and grind years. It's just kind of like we're hoping to make the playoffs, but we might not, and we're okay with that as long as we see you know, some positives out there on the court. But we'd rather also win. But it's just a fine line between almost everything we're all discussing right now, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be weird. It'll be an evolving thing this year. And I don't know what fans, how fans will take it. Like, I really don't know. But we'll see. Yeah. We're ready for November. Me too, man. Yeah, man. I'm so first, we got some Tiger football, though. I'm ready for Tiger football first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got hype on that video that was uh, shared of the uh, – that was Sam Kraft leading the huddle. Yes, sir. Sam Kraft back one more go at it. Uh, hit him in the mouth is what he was saying. So we'll, we'll see what the Tiger football team is talking about come 901 day. Yep. It's exciting times. Exciting times. We gone. <laughs> see ya. Cool. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this edition of the Backdoor Cut. Follow us on Twitter. Got a few people followed us while we were talking. We appreciate it. And also go get you some Blue Note bourbon at your local liquor store, as long as local is Memphis. Holler. See you later. Broken, the school's closed, the prison's open. We ain't got nothing to lose, motherfucker.